You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Good morning. Morning, whispering people. Morning, whispering army. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> Whispering army. I've never heard of that. I, I just, I mean, you know. <laughs> Amen. Please, I want you to be praying for this nation. We're on a crossroad. Right now. Don't take for granted what is what is about to happen. It's not up to the politicians. We need to take our place. Are you following me? Yeah. Pray seriously. Seriously. From now till the elections, begin to pray seriously for this nation. Okay? There is an agenda of the enemy. And uh, if we don't pray, we have ourselves to blame. If we don't pray and take charge, don't complain. When the enemy's uh, will is being done, Don't say I didn't tell you. Okay. The word is enough to the wise. So they say. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. Let's appreciate the Lord. Oh, Koskeni mi sundo brodus. Dindala mi soka ba 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 ba. Yele mi soto bus. Kendele mi sula ba 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 ba. Yandala masunda la ba 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 ba. Mighty God, mighty God, we thank you. My Lord, blessed be your holy name. We bless you. Amen. We need a word from you. Um, as Andrew Crouch sang a song. We need to hear from you. We need a word from you. If we don't hear from you, what will we do? How many people know that song? Ah, you guys. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) Glory. Let's turn to Luke chapter 11. Maybe after that you get a song. You see, we need to get to a point where after messages, people should have written a song. You need to receive that grace. Receive that unction. Amen? Yeah. So you receive the word as the word is coming. Boom. Boom. You, 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 you capture it in song. And then we have songs of deliverance that will come forth from this place. Those are levels that we need to press into. There's so much we lose when we don't press in. There's so much we lose, I'm telling you.
Because the warfare ahead of us, not only for your life, for your destiny, even for the land, yeah. there are some kind of songs that are required. Wow. <laughs> Bible talks about songs of deliverance. Oh, how can, how can you call a song a song of deliverance? That means when, when, when you sing them, something is released. Yeah. Heaven is open. Do you understand? That's why David could sing and demons would run away from Saul. How, how do you explain that? Just a song. You, you, you think it's just a song. <laughs> That's why I don't sing every song. There are some songs I just know. This one, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just melody, you know. No unction, no weight, no glory, no anointing, no power. Ah. Even demons are dancing to the song. Ah. Come on. Huh? <laughs> dancing to the song. When they should be running. They should flee in terror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm praying that God will release some powerful psalmists in this house. Wow. Uh, he will release some powerful psalmists that will make David to bow. <laughs> wow. hmm? Am I asking for too much? It's my hunger. Come on. You are free to be hungry for whatever you want. I, I, I'm just telling you, this is my hunger. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Hallelujah. What did I say? Luke chapter 11, right? Okay. St. Luke's gospel. Last week we were talking about, um, what did we call it? The message even. Awakening the aggressive nature of God in you. Right? Yeah, that's it. There's an aggressive nature that is lying dormant in the church. It's been nice for so long. And it's okay to be nice sometimes. Just not at the right at the wrong time. Okay? Not at the wrong time. Because when we want to take territories, when we want to take when we want to take communities, when we want to take cities, hey, you need to bring it out. Okay? There's something you need to bring out from deep within. <laughs> so if we're going to spoil principalities and powers. First of all, you can't just do it haphazardly. You can't just do it out of, you know, just sheer zeal. <laughs> because some people don't know their left from their right. Some people have taught that uh, we, don't, we don't confront um, ruling powers. In fact, there's a popular book to that effect. That Christians shouldn't engage in warfare at that level. So they've, uh, there are levels of warfare. There's what is known as ground-level warfare. So ground-level warfare is where you just deal with demons, you know, and when they manifest, you deal with them, you cast them out. That's ground-level. But there's a cosmic level <laughs> where you are dealing with ruling powers. If God should open your eyes, you will see that in every city, in every territory, in every region, the enemy has positioned ruling powers. Okay? And they are the ones that ensure that Satan's will is being done. 
Yeah. They are called princes. Years ago, a man of God had a vision in which he saw the ruling power over Nigeria. And he saw him. He had a gorgeous throne. <laughs> Very princely, regal in his appearance. Huh? He saw him and uh, if, uh, if you've done geography before, you know there are two major rivers in Nigeria. River Niger, River Beni. Then they meet somewhere in the middle and then they flow into the delta. So he saw that the throne of this spirit, this prince, was at the confluence of those two rivers in the spirit. <laughs> wow. He was looking, he said, wow, this guy is so handsome. This is, and the Lord said, oh, that's, this, that's the prince of Niger. He said, who? That's the spirit that is ruling this nation. So behind the throne, there is always power. Satan always wants the throne. And that's why we need to pray for the nation. Why? Because it's not just about casting votes. That's, praise God for that, that, that we can do that, right? But do you know what happens behind the scenes? So, but we're not ignorant because the Bible makes it clear. And we see that when you read the book of, um, when you read the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28, where Daniel is, um, Ezekiel is, is talking, and he says, uh, God says to him, take up a lamentation against the the king of Tyre. Take up a lamentation against the king of Tyre. The king of Tyre was a spirit. That is the enemy that was behind the throne of Tyre. Tyre was actually um, uh, a nation that existed. But then there was a spirit behind the throne. So we are going to go to a point where we did begin to deal with the forces behind the throne. Amen. So if you are fearful, please just step out. When that time comes, that's why you need to be strong. That's why there are certain messages you need to keep hearing again and again. You need to understand the warrior nature of God. You need to understand that God is a man of war. You need to understand that he's El Gibor. He fights. Why does he fight? He fights for the destiny of nations. He fights for the souls that he has purchased with his own blood. He cannot fold his hands and allow the enemy to take everything that he has already paid for. Do you understand? And so we cannot afford to be passive in God's scheme of things. Passivity I believe is evil. Yeah. So it's 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 passivity won't take you anywhere. Just put it that let me just put it that way. It won't take you anywhere. Anywhere in life, in anything. Passivity, you cannot advance being passive. Have you noticed that it's it's how many people feel that it's as if everything you want in life you have to fight? Huh? Yes. I can even hear somebody's spirit saying, why is it that I have to fight for everything? Why is it that everything in my life has, it, it requires a fight? Somebody is saying that. Yeah. Everything requires a fight. Let me just put it that way. So, that question, this is the answer to it. Okay? So, don't expect it to just come to you. 
Listen, even what comes to you without, you, without so much effort on your part, maybe it's a grace. Grace comes to you, right? Do you know that it required war? Jesus had to fight for it. So the fact that it's given to you freely does not mean that there wasn't a fight. Am I correct? Yeah. So God wants us to wake up to the fact that, listen, we need to begin to stir up that nature. Wake up. It's time to begin to spoil the enemy. Luke chapter 11. <laughs> I don't know. I went to Ezekiel. I nearly went there. But let's, let's come back to the, um, Luke chapter 11. Verse 14 says, And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out, and the mute spoke. And the multitudes marveled, for some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. You've just seen something and you're asking for a sign from heaven. Come on. This is not a sign already he had demonstrated. Asking for a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. Guys, I cannot be casting out demons by demons. If I'm casting out demons by demons, that means Satan is fighting against himself. Because demons are part of Satan's kingdom. Isn't it? So I'm talking to you this morning on spoiling the strong man. Wow. Spoiling the strong man. It's important for us to understand there are certain principles when it comes to warfare and when it comes to the strong man. And Jesus gives us insight into that. Verse 19, he says, And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, ah, just a finger, just a finger, come on. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So if God's finger can cast out demons, your finger too can. Just point. Name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't know there's power in your finger? Some, some, some of you, you've been pointing it at people uh, in accusation too much. <laughs> that now it has lost its power. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Start pointing it at demons, not people. <laughs> yeah. So if I cast out demons by the finger of God, I know the finger of God here also speaks of the Spirit of God. Right? Spirit of God. Some versions will say Spirit of God. But I like the finger of God. Because the finger is a body part. <laughs> then he now goes to, 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 to give us some principles here. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace... His goods are in peace. When a strong man, fully armed. So he's strong, but not only that, he's armed. And he's ready to use the ammunition. 
when confronted. And in the spirit, I want you to know that there are <laughs> a lot of strong men. Okay? Strong man. He says, verse 22, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. God wants to divide some spoils. <laughs> Yes. You want spoils to be divided. Yes. Yeah. Then you, 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 first of all, you need to get that aggressive nature out. Okay? Put the niceness into the, by the corner. Put it somewhere. And bring out the warrior in you. Okay? Because there are some families that there is a family strong man. I've noticed that in my, in my few years of ministry, there are some families that there is strong man. It's like, boom. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But nobody has confronted the strong man. You, and, but you can't just confront him. You have to be stronger than him. You... You can't just take on the strong man if you are not stronger. You have to assess. <laughs> Say, um, am, I, am I still fearful? Am I still doubting? Because it's not something you do by guesswork. Amen? Yeah. So, if we don't Identify the strong man and take him on. There are certain things you'll never experience. You can't just get spoiled. You, <laughs> you can't just walk into somebody's house and just take something and walk out. Am I correct? People that do that usually arm themselves. When we're talking of arm robbery now, they, they would arm themselves, okay? They would arm themselves and it doesn't matter you are awake, they come in. That's why it's called robbery. Because you don't have to be asleep when they rob. They, they are armed and they feel they have overpowered you. So although you don't want them to, they take what they want. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's what gives them that confidence. They have that confidence because they know, they feel that, yes, I have a trigger. I have a gun. All it takes is to pull the trigger. So they show you, yeah, this is the weapon. So just cooperate and you'll be fine. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. Why? Because they are trying to tell you they are more powerful. They are trying to tell you they are more powerful. So don't, don't even mess with them. Now in the spirit, the same applies. So the enemy has taken charge of some people's homes. He has taken charge of some people's lives. He has taken charge of certain communities. I'm telling you. Has taken charge, and the strong man is there. Just walk in. You know? <laughs> he feels he's at peace. Why? He's got weapons. So Jesus says that the strong man, Jesus gives us insight here. This is a profound insight. Nobody had known about this before now. Even throughout the whole Old Testament, nobody talked about this kind of... Nobody 
had this kind of insight until Jesus came. And that's why if you look at, if you read the Old Testament, you find that in the Old Testament, enemies are mostly physical. You don't talk about spiritual enemies in the Old Testament. Why? Everything is physical. No. The devil was still like, he was still ruling. He was still um, in total control. Yeah. And God, because God is, God is highly principled, he follows his word, he does not usurp authority, God did everything legal. So God did not just come and say, Satan, what's wrong with you? Come on. No, 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 no. He would, he would confront physical people who were possessed by the devil. So he will deal with the physical people. But at the same time, by the principle of double reference, he, was, he would also address the spirit behind that person. But most of the time when he's addressing the spirit, it would be more prophetic. He said, prophesy. <laughs> he would tell the prophets to declare certain things. So he was using the word, using the word to deal with the spirit, but then using the physical to deal with the physical. And that's why you see there was a lot of physical combat. The Amalekites had to be wiped out. Why? That entire nation had been possessed by the enemy. <laughs> Wipe them out. So, now, Jesus is giving us some insight. All because he casted out the demons. And people made a statement. That was a statement of ignorance. And Jesus decided to bring out this principle that gives us great insight. So when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. So you see that even when Jesus is dealing with spiritual matters, when he's dealing with, um, when he's dealing with demonic uh, forces, he did it with a lot of wisdom. He didn't do it with like, you know, uh, making a mockery of them. You know, he still had some respect in a sense that he respected the fact that Satan was carrying Adam's authority. Hello? I think we need to go home now. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you find that he does not just he does not just address him anyhow. He said, when a strong man, he didn't even say when the devil. He said, when a strong man. And he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So when a strong man. He's, so Satan cannot even accuse Jesus. Of, of undermining his authority. Wow. Do you understand? Because Satan was given legitimate authority. I mean, he got it illegitimately, but it's, it's an illegitimate authority that he got from Adam. And now he's using it to oppress the whole of humanity. And God is working a strategy that's going to deal with him. Yeah. But he's doing it systematically. Systematically. Jesus comes, he casts out one demon here. Oh. But he knows he has not yet dealt with the full. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just the demons he's dealing with. But he knows what he's going for. He's going for the boss himself. Then he says, but when a stronger than he comes upon him. Now, of course, indirectly we know who the stronger is. Correct? Yeah. Who is the stronger? Jesus. That's right. So when a strong man guards his house, 
He's fully armed and he guards his house. His goods are in peace. So Satan was at peace by the time Jesus came. Remember, before Jesus even came, 400 years, no prophecy, not even one prophetic word. For 400 years. So Satan was having the time of his life. Comfortable. Maybe he had even become passive. Imagine for 400 years, no warfare. No prayer. Nothing, nothing significant. No prophet. No one to prophesy. For 400 years. So, God is working out something. And then, Jesus is there. But Jesus doesn't claim to be the stronger. He just gives a principle. Yeah? He says, when a strong man guards his house, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes, and we know that this is the stronger than he, on the scene talking, but that wisdom is shrouded, and Satan is not even able, because he doesn't have the spirit of revelation. One thing about Satan is that he knows the scriptures, but he has no revelation. So he has no revelation of the scriptures. So he can know, like, the literal scripture. But the, the revelation behind it, he doesn't have. Because he doesn't have the spirit of God. And it takes the spirit of God to, 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 uh, to receive revelation. So Satan, he can hear the word, but he can't make the connection. So Jesus is talking here. When he's stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him. This is what Jesus is about to do to Satan. Yeah. Hallelujah. And overcomes him. He takes from him all his armor in which he trusted. My goodness. He takes from him all his armor in which he has trusted. Hmm? And this is what Jesus is about to do. But he's giving us a principle. If Jesus did it, we can do it. Amen. We can do it on a smaller scale. Do you understand? We can do it in our homes. You can do it in your place of work as well. I'm telling you. Yeah. You can do it. He takes from him the armor in which he has trusted. I remember a scripture in Hebrews. That talks about, uh, where is that scripture now? Hebrews chapter 2. Is it chapter 2? No. Where he talks about, um, yeah, it's Hebrews chapter 2. I'll read verse 14. It says, Inasmuch, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might do what? Destroy him who hath the power of death. That is the devil. Yes? And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So what Jesus, what, what Jesus did here is that he used death. He knew that Satan's most trusted weapon is death. I mean, what's the biggest threat Satan can throw at you? I'll kill you. What else can you do? I'll kill you. Huh? After killing, what can he do? Nothing. So that was his most trusted weapon that he's been using. And Jesus, the stronger than he came. Hallelujah. The stronger than he came and took the weapon in which he has trusted. The weapon that he used to keep all his subjects at peace in his prison. And he used fear to rule. Yes? Through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm telling you fear is bondage. Fear brings bondage. Fear brings torment. Yeah. So sometimes when you identify some strong men in certain families, some strong men operate through fear. 
So, no, I'm afraid. They will never take certain steps. Why? That's the weapon he's using. To keep them at the same level. Huh? They will never venture out. They will not, never apply for that, <laughs> for that position because they feel they don't qualify. They would never. I'm surprised. I was listening to a lady, PhD. I've forgotten in what area. And she was talking, to, she was being interviewed, and she was talking about how even after getting the PhD, she feels so unqualified. So. <laughs> So, I mean, okay, where, 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 how do you help that person? Where, where do you take her to now? It's a renewing of the mind that needs to take, take place. Do you understand? So there are certain things that I believe need to be confronted. We need to face those demons. What are the demons in your house? Face them. Hallelujah. Look them eyeball to eyeball and say, hey, it stops now. It stops now. Somebody has to wake up, but you have to be stronger. And that's why we're we fortifying you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. These things don't just come to you. You go to them. Huh? Yeah, so back to Luke chapter 11. Back to Luke chapter 11. And you'll find out that it's interesting that even before Jesus started his ministry, he did, Jesus didn't just get up and start ministry. No, he didn't. The Spirit of God took him to the wilderness. Led him into the wilderness. Why? To go and deal with the strong man. Do you understand? He needed to deal with the strong man first before he stepped into that territory because the strong man had already taken over the whole earth. The Bible says the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So the whole world was more or less Satan's domain. So Jesus cannot just come in there and start operating. Do you get my point? These are warfare strategies and principles, I'm telling you. So, what happens is that the Spirit now leads him into the wilderness. And he has to be tested. He has to submit to the authority of Satan and be judged or tempted and tried by Satan. And Satan comes to him. He, ought to, he has to face him. There's no way he could run away from him. No, no, no. There's... If he didn't do that, he would not have the legal right to liberate you and I. Okay? So, as the stronger, he had to prove his strength. So, don't be afraid if Satan has to come to you. That means you have gotten to a level. You have gotten to a level that requires his involvement. Yeah. If, before you get to that level, he doesn't pay attention. You don't read of anywhere that Satan came to Jesus while he was a child or when he was 12 years old in the temple. You know, Satan is not interested. He's not ready. He knows this is, not, this is no threat. For you to come and take my kingdom, you have to get to a level. So his kingdom was intact. Throughout the time Jesus was growing. Are you following? He was in, his kingdom was intact. His kingdom was at peace. But then, when Jesus went into the wilderness, my Lord, 40 days and 40 nights, he was being tested and tried. For 40 days, the Father allowed him to be tested. To be rattled by the enemy. If I may use that word. But then he overcame. 
Hallelujah. It is written. It is written. It is written. And he overcame. And by the time he overcame the enemy, guess what? He returned in power. Somebody say power. Power. Hallelujah. He returned in power. Hmm? Some of us have been running from battles. That's why we can't return in power. I'm telling you. We must stop it. Are you following me? Now, stop rehearsing what people are saying all the time. People that when things are tough, they just keep talking anyhow. Stop talking like them. You're not like them. You are a king. You are a king. God is, God, is, God is forming your kingdom. God is forging your kingship. Do you understand? There is something that God is doing. So you, 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 you cannot just be like any other person saying whatever everybody is saying. Stop it. It's not okay. It's not befitting for kings to say certain things. Your level is different. Amen. You see, and, and this, is not, listen, this is not spiritual pride or anything. It's a matter of identity. It's a matter of identity. You need to know who you are. That's why the first temptation of Jesus was about identity. If you are the son of God. What is that? It's identity. Turn these stones to bread. He could see Jesus is hungry. Why did he bring the issue of identity into it? So the point is that one of the areas where you'll be challenged a lot is in the area of your identity. So you need to sort that out. Okay? You're not a victim. You're a victor. Hallelujah. You're not a slave. You're a king. Sort that out. No, Pastor, but things are like this. It is, it is, that's immaterial. Sort this out first. Other things we, we, we can address. Hmm? So, it's important that you understand. If you're going to spoil the strong man, your identity must be strong. You must be secure in who you are. In fact, your identity should not even be based on what you do. Don't, 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 be, don't, don't get your identity from performance. It's not performance. That's what Satan tried to get Jesus to do. He wanted him to perform to prove his identity. If you are the son of God, turn the stones to bread. Did Jesus have the power to do it? Yes. Why didn't he do it? It's not necessary. I don't need to prove any point to anybody. Yeah. So I'm securing myself. I mean, I'm securing God. Deep within me. I don't care what people say. I don't care how people perceive me. That's really up to them. What I care about is how God sees me. Hallelujah. How he perceives me. Who I am in him. And who he is in me. Is that not more secure? Imagine if, you, if, if, it's, if your identity is determined just by what you do. Can you imagine the frustration in life? Because the day you fail to do something, you have lost your identity. Okay, you're an expert in this. Experts make some dumb decisions. And they make mistakes. They call it... What is it? Blonde day. Or blonde whatever. <laughs> blonde moments. <laughs> some experts have blonde moments. So what happens? Hmm? Come on. Be strong in who you are. 
Yes. If you read John 13, where Jesus washed the disciples' feet, the Bible says that Jesus knew. It, in fact, let, let's read it. I don't want to misquote it. We'll finish now. John chapter 13, from verse 1. Where is it? John 13. Okay, let's read verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. 3, sorry. Come on, just keep. Okay, verse 3, yeah. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, right? And that he had come from God and was going to God. Can you see that? He knew. His security was in the Father. That's where his identity came from. He was secure in the Father. He knew that the Father had given him all things. Everything. The Father has given me all things. Why? Because the Father owns everything. Alright? And then he knew where he had come from. Do you know where you come from? Hmm? Don't tell me Machingo or something like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, is it Chivu? Who is from Chivu? Nobody. Where are you from? Sorry? Kadoma. Okay, I know Kadoma. Been there. <laughs> and you? Chivu? Are you, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But the point is this. You need to know where you come from. You are royalty. Amen. You are royalty. You are from the Father. You are from above. You are from above. You need to, that has to be established. You need to be strong in that identity. In fact, that identity should be stronger than your natural identity should be stronger than your natural identity. Okay? And you need to know where you're going. That's your destiny. Hallelujah. So it was this that led him to say, okay, guys, I want to wash your feet and all of that. If I being Lord, Master, and all, you call me Master and all. Listen, the reason he could do that is because he was secure. So, Doing something of, you know, perceived uh, menial or whatever did not reduce him. So if you are not secure in your identity, there are certain things you can't do for God. I'm telling you. So the strong man would want to attack your identity. But you need to be strong there. Amen? So let's close. Luke chapter eleven twenty two. It says, but when a stronger than he comes upon him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted. Not just some. All. All his armor in which he trusted. And divides his spoil. So you need to be that person in your family that will be a stronger than he. Do you understand? Yeah, because as he is, so are you. You need to be that person in your family that is stronger than he that will contend. Spoil him. And then distribute all the blessings he has stolen from your family you now begin to distribute them. Isn't it wonderful that the destiny of your family can be released? That the destiny of your children can be released? That the destiny of your siblings can be released? Just because you took a stand. Yeah. Just because you took a stand. So it's important. It's important. I believe that we're going to see great and mighty things 
but not without a conflict. Not without a conflict. Jesus defeated him in the wilderness. And so he could go out and begin to preach. Demons will, will bow. Why would demons bow to Jesus? Because Jesus defeated their master. You understand? He defeated their master. He took on the highest authority. And so, the lesser demons. What will they do? I mean, the boss has been arrested. Huh? The boss has surrendered. Huh? Has been compelled to surrender. Then, what are the subjects going to do? Hmm? Imagine there's war. Then the king surrenders. So, so who, what are you fighting for? Eh? If the king has surrendered, what are you going to do? You can't die because of someone that has surrendered. Huh? Yeah. So, what are we saying? Get ready to spoil the strong man. Amen. A strong man in your community, in your family, in your life, wherever it is you are. Okay? But you cannot do it as a slave. You cannot, don't try to confront the enemy if you are still a slave. If you have a slavery mentality, don't even try. Just respect him. Because he will deal with you. But until you are established in your identity as a king, and you go in that identity, which is stronger, a king and a prince, who is higher? A king, that's right. So there are princes all over the nation. All over the world, Satan has position. And that's why God didn't just make you a prince. He made you a king. He made you a king which is higher than princes. Do you understand? You are higher. You are stronger. But it's just that you don't know yet how to walk in that. And that's why we're being defeated. It's not because God is not strong. It's not because... You, we, we don't have what it takes. It's because we're not growing in our understanding and in our identity. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.